welcome once again to the E-Bone Zone as I invite you to sit back, relax, and listen for the 239th time on this Friday, July 2nd, 2021. I hope you enjoy this week's episode, part two in a novel review series on Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. This episode contains spoilers. Last week, we got rolling with one of the classics. We covered chapters one through five of Mary Shelley's beloved novel, Frankenstein. I hope you enjoyed it for those of you that listened, and if you didn't, a link to part one will be in the description. Also, if you didn't catch it in the intro, this episode contains a lot of spoilers, so be warned of that as we move on. Also, as I said last week, since my decision to review this book was inspired by the Frankenstein musical, there will be links to a few songs in the description for you to check out if you want. Now, where were we? Last week, we ended on a letter from Victor's sister, Elizabeth. And starting off chapter 6, we learn what it says. Elizabeth knows her brother is ill, and she isn't all that much reassured by Henry's writings back and forth. She's a bit upset at him for not writing her, and says that the family back home has even tried to get everyone on board for a trip to Ingolstadt. That's the name of Victor's college, for anyone wondering. But she persuaded their dad not to go through with it because he's getting on up in his years and that long of a trip isn't the kind of thing that's good for someone his age. She just wants Victor to come home. She misses him and the family misses him. There's also this dude Ernest who's Victor's brother and Elizabeth says that he's 16 years old now and his life's dream is to join the service. His dad isn't all that happy about Ernest joining the army but it says in the letter that if Victor comes back maybe the pain will be eased a bit. Other than that, all is sort of quiet in the Frankenstein household. Except for Justine. She's Victor's newest sister. I don't know why, but I think things are about to get really weird. Justine was an orphan who was treated really bad at her home, and when her mother dies, Caroline, Victor's mom, takes her in. Justine is made a servant of the family, and eventually her actual mother, the abusive one, calls her back home. That phrase I use loosely because, from what Elizabeth has told us so far, Justine's house does not really sound much like one. Furthering my point, even though Justine's mom comes to her with all these apologies she can muster, she's a lot of the time going back to her old ways, and even accuses her own daughter of causing the deaths of her siblings. Then Justine's mom dies during the winter, and she goes back to live with the Frankensteins. She goes on to tell them about several people that Victor went to school with, and then ends the letter by thanking Henry for writing all the letters, but then says Victor needs to get on the ball and let his family hear from him. The next thing we see in this chapter is that Victor's response is a lot quicker than it has been in the past. Henry is still being a good friend because he noticed something about Victor that most people wouldn't. Ever since Victor created the monster, who we, for some reason, haven't heard from in a good while at this point, he's been all out of his head and disgusted, even by the thought of natural philosophy. So Henry, being the good friend that he is, makes an effort to take all reminders of what Victor did out of his life. He changes the labs. He avoids places with scientific instruments in them like beakers and test tubes. But it doesn't really do Victor much good because a little while later, he wants to show Henry around the college and get him more familiar with the area. But to his surprise, they end up visiting the professors, which reminds him of all the stuff that's gone wrong recently for him. Professor Waldman was nice about it, and Cramp, his original teacher, starts bragging on Victor, which is sort of like twisting a knife in his mental wounds. Victor then decides he'll return to Geneva, but his trip home is delayed by winter. 
and eventually, when everything clears up, he returns to his family and the life he knows. Starting off Chapter 7, Victor gets a letter from his dad talking about his return home, you know, because his trip was delayed. His dad goes on to say that his return won't be a happy one because something's happened back at the house, and it probably won't bring a smile to Victor's face. So, there's this kid William, Victor's brother, and even though we haven't heard a lot about him, we know enough now to know that he's dead. Something murdered him, and based on the way the book has gone so far, I can bet you know exactly what I'm getting at, but we'll figure that out later. Victor's dad then tells us what happened. The family was walking down a path, just for some exercise, and they decided to walk farther than usual. The kids were playing around, and eventually, Ernest and William went off somewhere by themselves. As it happens, William got a little farther out of Ernest's sight than Ernest was comfortable with, and they ended up searching the house, the woods, and everywhere else until at 5 a.m. the next morning, his dad found him dead in the grass. Elizabeth wanted to see Ernest, and when she does, she faints, because she thinks that she was the cause of Ernest's death. Victor's dad then closes the letter by asking him to come home. Henry watched as Victor went from happiness to sadness, and of course he wants to know what's wrong, like any good friend would. Victor can't bear to tell him, so he just slides the letter across the table. And before we know it, Henry's crying too. When asked what he wants to do, Victor says he's got no choice but to go home. And with that, they go out to saddle some horses. Henry continues to mourn for William, and I can only imagine how that's making Victor feel at this point, but anyway, he goes home, and on the journey there, he keeps replaying the memories of William and the news of his death in his mind. When he gets home, his town has changed, and he's a bit scared for a reason that isn't particularly welcoming. As he gets closer to home, he gets sadder and more fearful. When he gets to the gates of the town, they're locked for the night, so he spends the night in a town about one and a half miles from home. Then he goes to see where William was murdered. Eventually it starts storming, and a flash of lightning reveals that the monster has just been hanging out for a while close to William's gravesite on a mountain. Yeah, in case you can't tell, the monster killed William. Two years after being created, the monster is a murderer, and Victor is angry at himself for giving it life. He decides the next morning that he'll tell his family about what happened, but then he starts thinking a little more about how that would reflect on him, because remember now, He's the one that created this thing in the first place, so he keeps it quiet. It's been six years since he went to Ingolstadt. Victor thinks no one is around, but then Ernest shows up because he's heard the door open and wanted to welcome whoever it was that came to their house. He's happy to see Victor, but also really sad at the same time, because they're not getting together on better terms. Three months ago, it would have been a happy return home, all smiles and celebration, but now, William is dead, and Ernest knows that's why Victor's home. Still, he has hope that Victor's arrival will help calm his father, and especially Elizabeth, because she's overthinking a lot about William's death. She's convinced that she caused it. Eventually, Victor says that the murderer has been found. But wait a second, hold on there, cowboy. I thought that Victor wasn't going to say anything. Well, he did, and Ernest didn't believe him. Victor wants to tell Elizabeth to sort of ease the grief and anxiousness she has going on, but Ernest says that she probably won't believe him either because of how down on herself she is about the whole thing. So right now, the only people that know the murderer's real identity is us, the readers, and Victor. Ernest thinks that it might be Justine because on the night of the killing, she got sick and in the clothes she was wearing the night that it happened, a servant found a picture of Caroline, which was supposedly the killer's motivation. It's revealed that Justine is going to be tried that day, 
And the only reason she was caught was because a butler was convinced that she did the crime. So he brought the evidence to an officer, and they arrested Justine a few days later. Victor then says that Ernest is a liar because he knows the monster killed William. His dad comes in and buys into the lie of Justine as the murderer, but Victor knows that his creation is responsible, and that adds to the guilt he has over creating the thing in the first place. Elizabeth is back, and Victor has the same kind of feelings he had from the last time they saw each other. Yeah, still creepy. Then in Chapter 8, we begin around 11 a.m. that morning. The trial starts, and Justine walks in with a calm demeanor. She has confidence that she's innocent in all this. Several witnesses come up and give their testimonies about what went on, but Victor knows in his heart that all of what they're saying is a bunch of nonsense. Justine was called to the stand and gave her a defense, and she says that she's innocent, but she shouldn't be acquitted based on what she thinks. It's what the people think that matters. She goes on to say that she wasn't even in Geneva when William was murdered, so it couldn't have been her fault. But when in 19th century court you get accused of something like a murder, whether you did it or not is hardly relevant because you'll most likely end up getting punished anyway. She stayed in a barn and only slept for a few minutes and then woke up at dawn. She's later confronted with the evidence of the picture of Caroline, the supposed motivation of the murderer, but Justine knows nothing about it. She says that her verdict is in the hands of her peers. Elizabeth steps up and vouches for her and talks about how she's a good housemate and a good friend. But still, the crowd gets angry, and so now is Victor because he knows that this is all the monster's doing. Yet in spite of that, Justine is condemned. Condemned to, you guessed it, death. Elizabeth is upset now. She says that she'll do anything and everything to make sure nothing happens to Justine. And then she sees Victor and wants more than anything to be seen as innocent in his eyes. Elizabeth then confirms that he's more convinced than she is of her innocence. Because as we know, it was the monster. Elizabeth and Justine say their goodbyes and that next day, she's hanged. An innocent person who wasn't anywhere near the murder was killed for it. Isn't that something? So now Victor is even more distraught because he knows a lot of this is indirectly his fault. Safe to say, in Chapter 9, Victor is incredibly sad because of all the pain his creation has caused, and then his health declines. So he isolates himself. People are concerned, especially his dad, because he thinks that Victor's wasting his life by feeling sorry for himself because that's the last thing Justine would have wanted. Later, he's on a boat, and he's still kind of down on himself, so he contemplates ending things, but decides against it for the sake of his father and Elizabeth. Now, Victor is living in fear of what he's made, for the rest of his family and humankind. At this point, Victor knows what he has to do. The monster has got to die. Uh, yes, um, excuse me, just a little sidebar here. This is the exact reason why you shouldn't try and reanimate corpses. It never ends well. After this, Elizabeth jumps in and tries to calm him down, and it doesn't really work because in Victor's mind, he is indirectly a murderer, and that kind of thing can sort of have an effect on a person's mental state. So, he goes to a childhood favorite place of his to try and calm himself down. He's passing castles and houses, and it's really beautiful. Then there's an avalanche somewhere near, because he says he can hear it, but Victor isn't harmed. He's actually more at peace than he's been since creating the monster. Eventually, he's calm enough to take a nap. 
thanks for listening to this week's episode. I'm really glad you could make it, and I hope you enjoyed the festivities. If you want to stay connected to the show, I'd invite you to pop on over to Facebook or Twitter and give the page a follow. Just search Ebone Zone on Facebook and Official EBZ on Twitter. If you're new, don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next week, my friend, God bless you, stay humble, and remember, keep an ear out.